Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 2, Episode 11 of this podcast. We'll hear Father Mark's homily from March 10th, 2019, the first Sunday of Lent in Year C. The Gospel for this week is Luke, Chapter 4, Verses 1 through 13. Let's listen now to that reading and hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for forty days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord One of the things that we often don't give enough time to is pondering the reality of temptation and the role that it plays not only in our spiritual lives, but in our own personal lives as well. Because temptation does play a powerful role. We give some credence to it when we pray the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation. But going beyond that, and really meditating and reflecting upon how temptation enters into the stuff of my life is something that we often put to the side and maybe address it only in those particular situations where we can absolutely say it's rearing its head and becoming an issue for us. So what are temptation or what is temptation? Well, a general definition of temptation is very simple. It can be stated like this. Temptation is falling into human hungers. Human hungers. And some of those human hungers are displayed in today's gospel and center around things like power, food, 
power, food, and ultimate authority. Ultimate authority. Power, food, and ultimate authority. Let's take a look at those for just a little bit. Power. As human beings, we really struggle with the line that is drawn between my space and your space. There is this natural tendency within us to desire power and control. Just look at our society and how many times today we find resistance to folks being asked to do things in a certain way or to hold themselves to certain norms. You're not telling me what to do. Get out of my space. You have no power over me because I want power over myself. I want to be able to choose and direct what I do and when I do it. And you're not going to tell me any different. Power can at one point seem a little bit necessary because it protects ourselves. After all, if I'm on top and I'm in control, then I don't have to worry about being on the bottom and without control. So human beings struggle with power. If somebody were to come to us tomorrow and say, you have all the power you need. You don't need to want for anything because you can control and get whatever you want. Many folks would think twice, wouldn't think twice about accepting the offer. Power. Food. The basic need for food is real. We sense it. It is one of those base human needs that we have. But it's also connected to other things, like bodily pleasures and desires. Personal satisfaction and fulfillment. Those things in our life can gain a lot of control over us. Look at how many folks struggle with addiction, especially addictions that involve the fulfillment of passions and desires. How many people find themselves struggling under that chain that can so easily bind them? During the course of our everyday workings, giving into sensual desire, bodily pleasure, and personal satisfaction are things that any one of us can do. Even our phones and technology can be a trap for that. Where I find myself spending too much time, for example, on the internet with idle busyness that really has nothing much to do about anything other than taking up some time and preoccupying us and giving us some sort of pleasure and entertainment. Food, a big lure, a big attraction, and all the securities and sensualities that flow from it. And then ultimate authority. 
And this is the one I think we struggle with the most, and it's the one that can easily be disguised as something good when it really isn't. Who or what really gives my life meaning? Who do I belong to? You see, as human beings, we can easily find ourselves answering that question with myself. I have to give myself meaning. I belong to myself and to those I choose to associate with. And if we find ourselves following down that path, then we find ourselves simply following what we want. Giving an ear, perhaps, to meaning through science, which in and of itself is good, but it's not the source of ultimate good. Or my work, or what the world says I ought to be pursuing to find happiness. Or my own particular designs. So there is this temptation to take ourselves off an axis, and the axis is the one that orientates us to God. You see, that's the key to temptation, is keeping that axis orientated toward God. Because it's easy to move that and begin to orientate everything toward myself which is at the heart of temptation, falling victim to human hungers, to personal hungers. And so what's so wrong with this? So what if I just follow my human passions and hungers? Is it really all that bad? Well, when you begin to really reflect on it, it is. Because when we give in to temptation, we then find ourselves in sin. And this is where we get into trouble and we really get off base. Because every one of the significant sins, and we all have heard them before, pride, envy, lust, greed, gluttony, apathy, anger, all of those sins are the fruit of falling into temptation. So when I give in to my need for power, I can really quickly find myself in the sin of pride. When I give in to my need for power, I can easily find myself getting into greed. When I fulfill only my own passions and desires, gluttony, lust, are at the root of that. When I fail to realize to whom I belong, then envy and a whole host of the other ones can creep in. So temptation, if I don't have a check on it, can quickly and easily find me in a state of sin. Now why is that such a problem? God forgives sin, doesn't he? Well, yes, he does. We require a repentant heart. But it's even more problematic because of this. Sin robs us from the work of love. 
You see, if we are living in sin, we're not going to be able to love as deeply and freely as we are meant and called to live. And that work of love, which is essential to who I am as a person, to who I am as a Christian, is going to be reduced. And I'm not going to have enough energy to get about the business of the work of love if all of my energy and my attention is dealing with temptation and sin. You know, there's a wonderful book that was written in the 13th century called The Cloud of Unknowing, and I've referenced it many times. And it's kind of like the primer book for all spirituality that went forward, Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross and all the big spiritual writers and thinkers. And in that book, he says, the work of love is what heals the root of sin and then opens the door for practical goodness. So when I love, sin within me is healed, and then the actions of my life are also then open to love again. And an outward look to other. And that's when a human being begins to tap into their true happiness. Because here's the thing. If we focus our attention just on ourselves, we think we're going to find happiness. And the stuff that we're doing may seem pleasurable at first, but at the end of the day, we're going to find ourselves very unhappy and very self-absorbed. We only find happiness when the glance of our eyes is turned not on ourselves and what our human hungers are and what we need and desire or want or think is important, but when they're turned outward. That's why Jesus made such a big point of saying, when you do it for one of the least ones, you did it for me. In other words, our acts of charity, our willingness to put ourselves aside for another human being and what they may need or require is when I tap into my true sensibility as a human being, when I tap into my true self and find my true self. So here it is in summary form. Temptation can easily lead us into a state of sin if it's unchecked. And sin robs us of the ability to love, which takes us away from who we really are and leads us down a road of unhappiness. So here's a good question we can deal with this Lent. Here's a great question. And it's going to require that we deal with it with sincerity and honesty. Does my life, does my life, as I'm leading it right now, does my life reflect the beauty, the artistic beauty and work of love, the artistic beauty and work of love, or, or does it reflect simply what I need, what I want, or what I think I deserve? Does my life 
reflect the artistic beauty and work of love? Or does it reflect simply what I think I want, deserve, or need? Powerful question, but the one that is before us as we take up these disciplines that we have chosen to do for Lent. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.